the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoshio Podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. You can download the app free from WFIL.com. Cloudy, a few showers and spots the rest of the afternoon, eventually tapering off 38 the low tonight. Tomorrow, a good deal of sunshine in the picture, some clouds at times too. High of 55. Flyers with an overtime win last night, 6-5 over Boston. Travis Sanheim, a couple of goals. Sean Couturier had a goal and two assists. They're at St. Louis tonight at 8. Sixers lost 101-95 to Indiana. Tied after three quarters, but uh, got outscored during the fourth quarter there. Ben, uh, ben Simmons with 24 points and Josh Richardson with 23 in the loss. They're home tonight, trying to get back on track against Brooklyn at 7. Uh, also in college football, the national championship. Battle of the Unbeatens, LSU 42-25 over Clemson. A game with such magnitude that even Danny, who's not big on sports, actually brought it to my attention that we needed to talk football today. What happened to you? I, I don't know. I must have slept funny. Well, you and your dad, I'm, I'm, I'm understanding, tend to watch a little TV together every now and again. Sometimes. So were you watching the, the football game together last night? Lily? Yeah, and then I started, you know, saying some of my commentary and asking questions, and he's like, Danny, I'm trying to watch the game. <laughs> now, are you asking questions or are you just making observations? Both. Okay. So, so I'm the worst type of person. After a while, it starts to be like, all right, this was nice, but. After about 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's quite a story just on a very uh, you know, general level. The Clemson came into the game. They'd won 29 games in a row. That's really hard to do that. That's impressive. Yeah. And they'd won two of the last three national championships. LSU. And you even know his the quarterback's name, I think. Joe something. Yeah, Joe something. Right. He threw 60 touchdown passes this year, which is a record. And he threw more last night. And in the end, LSU proved to be too much for Clemson. Uh, but a, a great game. Uh, the top-ranked team and the third-ranked team in the country. Both were 14-0. and 0. On a side note, you know how I know something about this, even though I haven't played at the collegiate level? Tell me. I used to coach our church softball team. And before you'd be like, oh, yeah, whatever. We had some, we had a couple of players I used to manage who had played the minor leagues, who had some skill. Uh, and there's a guy named, there's a guy named Del Ennis who used to play for the Phillies, one of the most beloved players, really, over the years. His son was on our team over the years. And anyhow, um, we won 30 games in a row. Wow. Between the end of 2005. And the beginning of 2007. Wow. Including in 2006, we won 21 games in a row. 15-0 during the season, just like LSU did last night. And we won all six playoff games. Everybody is gunning for you. Even the teams that aren't very good, 
They all want to be the one to knock you off. Of course. So we swept through the 2005 playoffs, first championship in a long time for our church, and then we won 21 in 2006, and the first two games of 2007. And then we finally lost like 9-8. to eight. Look at you. So I know what it's like. The pressure mounts, even in church softball. It's true. And to this day, you know, we'll talk about it finally. Uh, but on another note, something also you brought up to me earlier, Danny, is this whole deal with the Houston Astros. Yep. And, you know, there are different ways you can go with this. But uh, were you talking about that with your dad, too? Yeah. What, what, was, what, what, what did you guys say? What, what were you well, talking about? I saw it on a headline when I was watching Good Morning America this morning. And... I said, I turned to my dad and I go, what's this about? And then he explained it to me. And then, of course, I had a million questions. And he was like, can't you just take everything I say as face value? (laughs) Kind of an open-ended situation. Well, well, those are good questions I'm sure that you had. Maybe you can ask one during our chat here. But but for those who aren't aware, in a nutshell, the Houston Astros baseball team – was cited for cheating by basically stealing signs, which stealing signs when you're when you're, you know, uh, playing ball, it's not illegal if you can do it naturally speaking. But if you're doing it using which is what they're alleged to have done, and I think I'm not sure how officially the right term convicted of or whatever, but to have been found out to be using video as part of that process, you're not allowed to do that. And they did. And there's a lot that really comes from this. Uh, in a, so what's happened now is, you know, the Astros won the 2017 World Series, but now it's, among other things, super tainted because folks probably cheated to get that far. And um, they, they, their general manager and their manager were suspended by Major League Baseball for a year. And then hours later, the owner of the Astros fired them both. And then uh, they've also lost draft picks and $5 million fine. There's all this other stuff that comes with it. I think the reputation part really is what lingers the most because, you know, they say it takes a lifetime to build a reputation, but you can throw it away quickly with poor decisions. Um, so I don't know. When I, what, what was the question you have for your dad so, you could think of? Okay. I remember hearing about the cheating and hearing about this huge scandal. Yeah. And he goes, so the owner of the Astros fired the manager and whoever. Yeah. And I go, okay, so what about the players? Good question. And he goes, no, I think that they're fine. Like, I think that they're, like, nothing's going to happen with them. At at present, you're correct. And And then I asked, well, will anyone have any, I don't know if this is against any laws. Like, obviously, it's cheating and it's a World Series, so it's huge. Sure. But does this break any laws? And he's like, no, I don't think anyone's. We'll be serving time anytime soon. <laughs> right. But to your point, the players themselves were the ones, you know, actively doing this sign stealing involving video. And part of the lesson is you step, whether you're a sports fan or not, you step back from this and you say, well, those who are in charge, the manager of the Astros and the general manager, uh, that there's some awareness going on and they failed to act to stop it, especially the manager of the team. Uh, on the, and the funny thing is, so to speak, the players are the ones who engage in the behavior. Which ones, though, and to what extent is part of the problem that Major League Baseball can't actually uh, ascertain. It would be very difficult to know who did what, how often, and therefore – and there are other complications why the players themselves may want to just – there's not going to be a punishment for the players, but those in charge, those responsible – for those players will be. And uh, I, I would, you know, there's a lot we could talk about with this. 
Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on it, but I'll tell you on the, on the surface, there were a number of things that came to mind, but in the end for me personally, again, whether you're a sports fan or not, uh, it gave me pause to say, so are there any areas in my life where I'm cutting corners uh, or perhaps have drifted into a place I shouldn't be? And how do I get back to where I should be? I think it's great for anyone who may have even a casual uh, awareness of what happened with the Astros yesterday. And, and it's been rumbling for a while percolating, but you know, take stock of yourself before, especially before major damage occurs. It's irreversible now. And the damage is actually not just like say the manager of the Astros goes from being the toast of baseball in a lot of ways and respected to uh, having the stain on him for not taking charge and, and, and helping his team team stay on course. So, so there's that, but there's a lot of other collateral stuff. And I think you can learn a lesson. And when we talk about these things on the show, whether you're again, whether you're a sports fan or not, I hope it, it, it causes you to think like it's causing me to think um, of things like, you know, was it really necessary? Uh, this, I have a couple of texts out to a couple of friends of mine who are former major league players to get their take on it. And maybe we'll chat about that later in the week, but there's some related questions like, is the, is the competition so fierce or is the line between winning and losing so fine that you're willing to do something like cheat uh, to get that advantage? Do you actually really believe you need it? Uh, part of the sad part for me is looking at these athletes who are amazing. These, these Anybody who gets to the major leagues of any sport, they're incredible athletes. I think it's kind of silly when fans say, you're a bum, you stink. Like, no, I'm pretty sure any hockey player, basketball player could make the rest of us look pretty silly pretty quickly with their skill level. And um, part of the sadness is, like, these guys are are so good at what they do. Why would you mess it up with something kind of that doesn't seem necessary at all? And... uh, and is it even kind of worth it, like the 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 conscience, uh, you know, the weight you're putting on yourself? It's like, to me, cheating becomes the story now. You're living under that umbrella instead of the beauty and joy of playing and competing and using your skills and the challenge of winning and all that. Uh, so in any case, some of these questions may be more suited for if we can get uh, one of these ball players I'm friends with on just at some point to understand the mind of an athlete. I've never walked in those shoes to that degree of any sort, but I think the lesson still is it bears repeating. How does a person get from being uh, where they are to a, a place they maybe one day they look up and they're like, I don't know how I got to this place. Um, and I think here's a couple of, there are two verses that came to mind right away. One is one that's just kind of, people will know pride comes before a fall. Anybody has heard that phrase actually from Proverbs sixteen eighteen it says pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. So if you think about the Houston Astros and what happened with them, maybe by the time it happened, that, that spirit of pride had grown to a point where then they, they're doing things that, in the end, really caused major damage. But the other one that came to mind um, as a warning, really, is from Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. So just, you know, to again, take stock. Think of yourself with sober judgment. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. It's safer to, to take that position. 
And interestingly enough, as I'm thinking about that verse, I realize, wait, this is the verse that's right in front of two of the most famous verses in the whole Bible, Romans 12, 1 and 2, which say, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How do you stay on track and not find yourself wandering into places that you shouldn't be? I think verse 2 especially gets to the heart of it. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I think it's a great thing to take stock of your life. I'm trying to do the same thing. And whenever I hear something shocking like the Astros uh, scandal uh, and and just the severity of it, uh, it makes me stop and think about myself and make sure, um, as it says in Proverbs 4, one other verse I'll share with you. Think about it like this. Uh, We'll go to a break in a second. But um, ideally, hopefully, you catch things like this in your life even before you start to go down that path at all that you, you but it's not too late to turn around if you if you find yourself in a place you need to ask forgiveness to certain people turn from certain things do that don't put that off uh, but also maybe be wise in the first place and don't take a, a step down a path that you shouldn't um, from proverbs chapter 4 some amazing verses um, again some one that's very well known verse 25 above all else guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life and the last three verses of that chapter, Proverbs 4, our family memorized this around the table with the kids. And we can all say it by heart now. Uh, every now and again, we'll just do it. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. It's Proverbs four twenty-five to 27. That last verse in particular Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil, not your feet. It's nowhere in the Bible God says, get kind of close to sin and then prove yourself and pull back. It says, don't even have your foot head that direction. And if you're thinking about these things, it will help you from the get-go not to start to dabble in stuff that you shouldn't, you know? And I'm saying this to myself as well. In Proverbs 4, 25 to 27. We have um, a special guest coming up in a moment. His name is Ronnie Platt. He is the lead vocalist of the band Kansas. He's been the lead vocalist the last five or six years. Quite an amazing story. He was driving an 18-wheeler in Chicago not too long ago when he wound up becoming named the uh, the lead singer of, of Kansas after their longtime lead vocalist, Steve Walsh, was uh, retiring. This is back in 2014. So we'll chat with Ronnie about that. The, the band Kansas is actually coming to Camden later this summer. Um, so we'll chat with him a little bit. And we have some other stuff to run by this hour, maybe even do a little giveaway action. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app. Thanks for tuning in today. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.
There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. AM 560 WFIL.com on the app. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for listening in. Later this summer, the 25th of August, Rich Williams, lead and rhythm guitarist for Kansas, Phil Ehart, percussion since the early 70s, and other members of Kansas will be in the area as part of the Jukebox Hero Tour and uh, leading that whole charge, the relatively new lead vocalist of the band, Ronnie Platt. Hello, Ronnie. Tim, how are, you? How are things in Phil? Lovely. How about for you? Where are you today? You in New York? No, I'm just outside of Chicago. Oh, that's right. That's where you're from. My mom was born in Chicago. We have relatives uh, from Northbrook in that area. Oh, really? My my godfather used to live in Northbrook, so I know exactly where you're talking about. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, you, you won't be. Uh, it won't be long before you're out this direction. You're in Camden later this summer as part of the uh, Jukebox Hero Tour with uh, with you know obviously Kansas and Foreigner and all that. So. Uh, but let's back up for a second, if we could. Uh, you know, your your path to being uh, the lead vocalist of Kansas, the, it's six, seven years ago now. Uh, share a minute about that. That's a very interesting path, and, and even how you found out there was an opening and, and what led to you becoming part of the group. Yeah, Tim, it, 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 really a wild uh, sequence of events, how it all happened. Uh, I, I think it really started when I was uh, the lead singer of the band Shooting Star. Right did a show up in Walker, Minnesota at the Moondance Festival. Boy, is that a crazy festival. Lots of people there. Rich Williams uh, was at the side of the stage watching Shooting Stars set. And, of course, I recognize Rich being a lifelong Kansas fan. And I I just think Rich took note of me there. And a few years later, uh, I come home from work, and I get a text message from a very good friend of mine and longtime fan who happens to be Dennis DeYoung's niece, huh. Dennis DeYoung, formerly of Styx. Sure. And she she says, did you see this? And it was the announcement of Steve's retirement. Of course, she knew I was like the biggest Kansas fan in the world. Yeah. You know, at that point, you know, you think to yourself, if they publicize this, I'm sure they have another singer. But uh, just on a whim, I contacted Rich on Facebook. We were friends on Facebook, and I sent him a message, and all I wrote was, uh, Rich, it's uh, Ronnie Platt from Shooting Star. Give me some consideration. And that was a Wednesday, and I talked to Rich on Thursday. I talked to Phil on Friday, and they flew me to Atlanta on Monday to meet with them. And I wasn't auditioning. They already told me that they, you know, they remembered me from Shooting Star, and they watched my stuff on YouTube and stuff. They already knew I could sing my butt off, and they just wanted to know if I was a good guy and if I would fit in with the band. Hmm. And I flew right back home Monday, Tuesday morning. I'm right back at work. I met one of my customers. I'm in the dock checking my email, and I get an email from Phil Lehart saying, congratulations, you got the job. The band is pumped. Wow. <laughs> and for those five just... <laughs> days, in, in five days, I became the lead singer of Kansas. Talk about, you know, Jesus. That's a lot to process, right? Of course, you're mentioning you're talking that you know two of the I guess the, the original members, uh, Rich Williams and Philly Hart. You know, have been doing this for many years, and uh, and then for them to have, I was going to ask you, what were they looking for? You know, because of the vocal abilities, obviously, is important. But that part about compatibility, I was wondering, 
you know, how they can feel that out and how they can know that because that obviously matters. You're going to be touring together and what's that camaraderie going to be like? So that's interesting that they asked you for that. Right, exactly. And, and let me tell you, it's it's not just the singing and performing aspect. It is, uh, you know, finding someone who you can get along with because, boy, when you're on the road, you're joined at the hip hmm. 24-7. You move together as a group. I mean, you, you, you're going to the hotel together. You're going to the venue together. You're eating together meet and greet. I mean, everything is done as a group. And, you know, a lot of bands are going to tell you, you really need guys that can relate and get along. Otherwise, it's just not a pleasurable experience. <laughs> right. And, well, and I'll tell you, yeah, I'll tell you in this band, we are, we are a group of guys that we are constantly, you know, I think <laughs> I think everybody has this, this concept of, oh, Kansas, this progressive music they, they do is so serious. You know, so they think that we have, that there's such a serious uh, atmosphere. Right. Are you kidding? We are laughing all the time. <laughs> I mean, it is a barrage of jokes. That's great. I mean, it really is a lot of fun. And it is. Ronnie Platt's our guest, lead vocalist of Kansas. They're going to be in Camden later this summer. We'll uh, take a quick break, continue our conversation. They have a new record out as well. We'll chat about that some. Thanks for tuning in today. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 428 in the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Chat with Ronnie Platt, lead singer of Kansas, which is coming through the area later this summer. Uh, a lot of things to chat about, including a new record, which you may have uh, in time for the summer. We'll be touring that as part of the, the tour that you're on, or, or you know, including that. We'll be ready in time. Or uh, the, the album now is in post production. It will be out, the, you know, a little later this year. So really excited about that, and uh, it's going to be the second studio album since I've been in the band. Right. And, and uh, how crazy! Uh, uh, this July, I will hit my 500th show wow. with Kansas. I, I mean, I just really, really insane. But uh, the funny story too. I mean, when we, when Phil and Keith uh, first came up with the idea of doing the, the Left Overture anniversary show. They thought that we would do, you know, maybe 12, 15 markets, do 12 or 15 shows. And that leftover show, we ended up doing over 80. And uh, point of no return, I think we've long surpassed that mark now. So, and that's what we're going to be. We're going to be doing the point of no return anniversary. We're going to continue with that uh, in the next upcoming months. And then we're... We're really excited and looking forward to going out with Europe and Foreigner. It's going to be just outstanding and exciting. Can't wait. And then have the new album coming out on top of it. 
It's going to be a great year for Kansas fans. Ronnie, let me ask you this. My wife and I have five kids, ages 21 to 19. I DJ weddings, and part of the fun as a dad has been to gradually see my kids pick up on songs and artists that I grew up with. Do you find that sort of thing happening at shows where perhaps a new generation, uh, you know, because you have to remember, you're, you're inheriting or you, you joined a band that's a heritage band, but there's also people who are just learning about who Kansas is in the first place. So there's that those two worlds yeah, to walk I- in. Sam, I have to tell you, it's one of the things that really warms my heart since I've been in the band. And the springboard for that was uh, a few years ago, we did Comic-Con out in San Diego, California. And we were kind of like the secret surprise guests for the show Supernatural, which really has a, uh, a young audience, you know, that, that teen, 20-something-year-old audience. And they kind of unofficially adopted Wayward Son as their theme song. Hmm. And we went out, uh, we went out and played Comic Con. And since then, I've noticed that there's just been an influx of younger people at our shows, and it just warms my heart. To see, you know, a younger generation uh, have appreciation for this music. It really is a great thing. Last question, if I could. How have you personally approached your time with Kansas in terms of maintaining what has been versus adding your own style, your own twist vocally or in other ways? Do you feel free to do that, or how much does, how does that work for you? And over time, how has that been for you? That's one of the hidden blessings uh, of this band is uh, Phil and Rich, they, they never once told me, well, you need to sing these songs this way. Hmm. Of course, uh, I'm going to pay respect. When you think about Dust in the Wind and how many times people have heard that studio version over and over and over again, it's just ingrained in people's minds. So I, I, I stay uh, pretty respectful to the original melodies uh, on you know, some of the really well-known songs, but uh, Phil and Rich have always uh, let me uh, have creative license where I want to, uh, you know, change things up a little bit now and then. And that's really great because I've, I've always considered myself uh, kind of a shoot-from-the-hip type of singer. If I'm feeling good, I'm going to experiment a little, you know, and, you know, try to, ex- you know, push myself beyond my own boundaries. Yeah. So it, it's great to have that kind of freedom. Ronnie Platt, lead vocalist of Kansas, kind enough to chat with us today. Looking forward to you coming to town later this summer. August 25th. Can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> Thanks, Ronnie. Have a great rest of your day. Sam, have a great day. See you soon. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. It's 4, uh, 4.33 on the program. That's cool to have uh, Ronnie Platt on the program. Kansas has been around for 47 years, I think it is, and Ronnie, the last six of those years, uh, Kerry Livgren was the guy that I grew up on listening to and a guy named John Elefante who took over in the early 80s who was on a song called Play the Game Tonight if I'm not mistaken uh, John Elefante if you're a Christian music fan all over the band Petra and he and his brother Dino were you know, produced tons of records and uh, he actually if I'm not mistaken John Elefante almost made a return to be the lead vocalist of Kansas but instead they wound up having uh, Ronnie take that job and so in any case uh, need to have that conversation with him. And uh, to the point that Ronnie was saying there, Danny, you know, when I asked you about Kansas, uh, I guess it was earlier today even, yeah. you're like, so what did you say? I forget. You, the state? The state? Let me look that up. The, no, no. Woo. He said, 
What kind of music do they do? Oh, I was like, do they do country music? <laughs> so to that point, but I see that my son's 21 and my other son's 19. Um, I think I actually misspoke there a second ago. I think I said my kids are five, five kids between 21 and 19. I heard that. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, either there's multiple births or uh, whatever. Um, but anyhow, yeah, 21 to nine is what I meant. But it's kind of fun as my kids are getting up to speed and they hear some classic artists like Chicago uh, bands like that from when I was a kid. I'm the baby of my family, so I grew up on older music and then whatever. Anyway, um, but to, to that point, you know, everybody, sometimes you think you don't know what you're talking about. And like when we played the song, Carry On Wayward Son, you're like, oh, I've heard that before. Vaguely. Yeah. So Very vaguely. Okay. Well, Chicago, when we had Lee Lo- uh, Lochnane on a while back, you mm-hmm. said the same thing. Then you heard Saturday in the Park and some songs like that. You're like, oh, I know this one. Yeah. I know that one. Right. So anyhow. Um, now we're gonna you're gonna give us some winter names in a second, right? You have them ready. Uh-huh. All right. First, a quick check on the forecast. Uh, cloudy, few showers happening. Maybe wrapping up uh, before long. Then just kind of a cloudy night. Low of 38 tomorrow. Lots of sun. Some clouds and a high up to 55. Flyers with a 6-5 win last night in overtime. They're at St. Louis tonight at eight o'clock. The Sixers lost 101-95 to Indiana. They'll try and get back on track tonight. Sixers are home against Brooklyn. Also at seven. College football, huge game last night. LSU over Clemson, 42-25 to win the national championship. Um, Every now and again, we have contests on this fine broadcast, right? And uh, we'll ask you to call in or email in and often to text in. And we want you to know that whenever you text in or email, for that matter, we keep your... Entry on file, if you will. So if you don't happen to win a given contest, it doesn't mean all is lost. In fact, we may pull your name out to win a prize later on. Am I right? You're right. I am right. So uh, let me think. We have uh, such an example right now, right? Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna, to, what do we have? We have Nancy Hicks' book, Meant to Live. Okay. And Nancy is actually local. Yes. And um, she was on with us, I don't know, a couple months back. December 3rd. Okay, right. So, And, and, and so her book, Meant to Live, we have an extra copy or two, so we're going to make a few winners. Mm-hmm. And you, so what did you do? Go through the text line? and I went through the text line All right. and, you know, did a little magic swipe and you swipe. Swipe up, swipe up. swipe up, swipe down and That's click. A, was that the Karate Kid? Swipe, swipe on, swipe, swipe off? Swipe, oh. A twax on. Never mind. You're trying. Yeah, I am trying. So go ahead. So who who won? All right. So we have three winners. Okay. Angie from Broomall. Yay. Edith from Philadelphia. Where do you go, Edith? And Dino from Dover. Dino from Dover. That's alliteration on this program. <laughs> I don't know if we can handle that. Well, congratulations to all three. And none of them had to be listening. They didn't have to call. Their text is doing the work. It's like passive income, as they say, right? Sure. So congratulations to three of them. So whether or not they're listening, of course they are listening, but let's say they weren't. <laughs> they, they'll come home and there'll be a prize in their mailbox a little later on this week, along with a, a little note. So congratulations to those folks. That's uh, our hat of perpetual winning is what we call that, our hapwa, hat of perpetual winning. So maybe a year from now you'll win something, just like those three folks did. Congratulations to all. Uh, our text line Having said all that, is 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. And since we're on the topic of winning and we have not given away a gift card today, let's do that. We'll take a random texter between now and the end of the program. So you have 22 minutes to do that to 610-500-DOVE, 
We give our cards to Duncan and to Panera and to Wawa, courtesy of Brian or Chevrolet in Jenkintown. Something simple, $5.60 in keeping with our frequency, enough for a few coffees or a hoagie or something like that. Just thank you for listening. So send a quick text in and put your preference in there if you think of it, DD or W or P, and we'll know what that's all about. Fair enough, I think so. Short break, we'll be back with more. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Oh yeah. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 442 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Congratulations again to those three folks. Uh, I forgot their names because I didn't have in front of me, but you have in front of you. Angie, Edith, and Dino. 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 All right. Congratulations to all three of those folks who picked up the Nancy Hicks book, Meant to Live. All right. Now, just to give you an example of what that conversation back on December 3rd was about, here's just a quick little snippet. You can get the full podcast of this program at WFL.com. One of the things that I talk about is uh, humility. And if you're going to be an upfront person, if you're going to be, you know, uh, Richard Foster says that the only one safe to speak is the one who is free to be silent. And I think for those of us who, um, and to quote Dallas Willard, he talks about this in terms of money. If you're willing, you know, if you're willing to walk as close to hell, you just know you're doing it for heaven's sake. You're, you know, if you have money, he talks about it from that vantage point. But I think it's true also for those of us who are in any kind of public, whether it's in the marketplace or in Christian media, whatever, or preachers, anyone visible, you just got to know you're going to be prone to pride. So just be aware. Don't, don't act like it's not real and it's not, you know, it is. It's very real. The sure. question is not, will I? The question is, how will I handle it when it comes? And so I think when Dallas Willard says, just know you're walking very close to hell for heaven's sake, I think those, uh, those wise men, Dallas Willard, Richard Foster, have a lot to offer us in terms of how we practice humility so that we keep the name of Christ lifted high and not our own. That's Nancy Hicks, author of the book Meant to Live. She was on with us December 3rd, and we just gave away several copies of her book to several of our listeners who texted in for different contests. Again, if you want to ever get in on a contest, maybe a text to win a gift card, and you don't win that, you may find yourself a winner of something else. So jump in when you can at 610 500 Dove when you hear contests that we have going. And again, this hour, if you want to text between now and five o'clock, we're going to draw probably a couple of winners of gift cards to Duncan or Panera or Wawa, courtesy of Brian or Chevrolet in Jenkintown. So I want to share a little story um, that happened the other day. Uh, I'm at the bank and I'm getting ready to uh, take my son to the airport. So I didn't have a lot of time, but I wasn't in a super big hurry. But when I pulled up to the bank at the driver the teller, there was kind of dark and I, I didn't really see many cars in the parking lot. It's 10 in the morning. So I'm, I'm thinking, um, you know, is it a holiday? The, the whole Wednesday thing where you have Christmas and New Year's were uh, playing with my mind a little bit. Like, wait, is it, is it, is it a holiday? No, it's not a holiday. So right outside, there's a button and the button says, call if you need help. You need to get one of these in here for you. You could push a button. You could just, we have an intercom system. So get this, right? 
Um, I, I've never used it before, but I push the button. Okay. And um, still nothing. And a few seconds later, uh, this woman emerges from, from the dark of the sh- shadow of the booth. And she doesn't say anything. She just looks at me. And she looks at me with uh, her head tilted to a side just a little bit, kind of like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why? And then she says, why are you ringing my bell? <laughs> and for, I'm going to be honest, for maybe two or three seconds, I thought of either saying, because I, like, I need help, why are you looking at me like that? Right. Or there was a little piece of me that wanted to rise up and be like, I'm driving off. I win. Kind of like, mm. you, like no, you don't treat a customer that way by looking at me and not even speaking. I didn't need her to do anything more than just say, oh, I'm sorry. Can I help you? Yeah. Just get right into it. Yeah. I wasn't mad. I was just. So anyway, I wind up deciding, okay, my wife taught me something that her dad taught her, which is if you take a step down. When you're in an argument or possible argument, that helps the other person take a step down rather than take a step up to defend yourself or right. whatever. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, and I love the book of Proverbs. I quoted a lot on, on the show. Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I wasn't thinking of that verse. I literally that was just thinking of that image of when you are in a situation with somebody where you're potentially going to get in an argument or bother, you can either take a step up or take a step down. And if you take a step down, that usually helps the other person do the same and then stuff doesn't escalate. So what happens is I'm just trying to deposit a check actually for a friend. It wasn't even my account. It wasn't my information. And I was in enough of a hurry that uh, I did not have everything I needed, starting with a deposit slip. So after she said, why are you ringing my bell? I, I, I was, she said, I'm, I'm, I was coming. We, had, we, were, we were a little busy at the front desk. So I said, oh, did I ring it long? She said, yes, you did. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry about that. Even though in my mind I'm thinking, I don't think I did. But anyway, does it matter? Do I need to, you know? So then I said, I don't have a deposit slip. She says, why don't I give you one? And here's three more. And so she opens a drawer, gives them out to me, and I take it. I was like, oh, thanks a lot. And then I take my finger and I start to get near the button again. And she's like, don't you push my button. And then I, and I pulled my finger away slowly and I filled out the information. I hand it to her and it turns out my information is wrong. I put my name on the slip, especially somebody else's name. I didn't have the, the, the account number. And she's like, what's the address of the person? And then while she's talking, I put my finger near the button again. She's like, don't touch that button. And I did it one more time. And by the end, you know, we were both laughing and I drove off and it occurred to me that if I had gone with my initial, you know, feeling, I would have a, I definitely, I wouldn't have gotten accomplished what I came for, which is to deposit a check. And I'm going like, I'm leaving for the day. I don't have time. I, I'd be the one who have suffered in that case. On top of that, I also realized that by being gentle in the, in the conversation with her and even being playful, um, I was able to, she, like, she could have said, I'm sorry, I, you don't have the account number. I can't help you. Or you're depositing a check for someone. Like, she could have given me a hard time and been justified probably, like, in, even just technically saying, I can't help you. You're going to have to come back with some other information. And I didn't think of this verse till afterwards, but it really, really was true. A gentle answer turns away wrath, 
but a harsh word stirs up anger. And it's really, it's really true. It, it's a fine line between which direction a conversation will go, whether it's someone you know, who jumps in front of you in the grocery store just a little bit or the way somebody responds to you when you said something and they, you feel a little misjudged and now all of a sudden you're in the weeds and you're arguing about things. And um, so you do have control over you. I realize I have control over me with God's help. I can do the right thing. And, uh, and there's a lot of other you know, verses in the Bible about how you keep the peace and, and um, how you can cover over an offense and all that. But regardless, uh, I, I just thought it was funny to watch that whole thing unfold. It took no more than about three minutes for the whole thing. And I also look back on it and I think if I had driven off, not only would I have not had the deposit go through, which needed to happen, it was an important check to deposit, I would have carried that with me all day. Or at least most of it. Then I may, know exactly what you mean. You know? Yeah. I would have forgotten about it. Maybe at some point, then I'd remember it when I came back to realize I still have the check. I haven't deposited. Oh, it's after the show. Five o'clock. Show's over. Don't have time to deposit. Do it tomorrow. Right. Make another trip to the bank. All because, and then I could have let that grow. Be like, it was all her fault. And then, if you, you know, you hold on to it. Before long, I'm, I'm, I didn't want to drive to that bank anymore. Like, you know, you can grow. Yeah. If you're not careful. <laughs> so, uh, in any case, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Um, in fact, she go. She, by the time I was leaving, she's like, she's calling me baby. <laughs> what a turnaround! I know. It's like, hey, baby. All right. And I'm like, all right. See you later. So it's just very funny. But you know, anyway. All right. We'll take a quick break. We have something to uh, play for on the other side. And uh, don't forget, text in if you want to have a chance to win a, a gift card to Duncan or Panera or uh, Wawa. Or we actually have Rita still. Uh, we have this warm weather every now and again. You never know. You may need that before long. It's Tim DeMar's show on WFIL. Thanks for listening in today. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 454. Tim DeMoss show on WFIL. Yesterday, we had a fine program with a gentleman named Chris Palmer. He wrote a book called Letters uh, from Jesus, and we ended the program with my sister checking in. Uh, Chris is Greek, and so the, most of the chat had to do with the book. And then we concluded with a recipe of abalimono soup that uh, my wife, taught, uh, my sister called in, my mom was known for. And if you'd like that recipe, just send a quick email to Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D at WFIL.com, the famous store to Moss Avalimino soup recipe. Be happy to pass that along. It's actually a picture of the handwritten uh, recipe. But I mention this also because just in case you were tuning in near the end of the program and did not hear the chat with Chris, here's just a, a quick little snippet of our conversation with Chris, again, the author of the uh, the book Letters to G- uh, from Jesus. I do believe that as believers, as Christians, I always say as an academic that I know that academics can't replace the work of the Spirit. I acknowledge that. But I do know that academics is very worshipful when you do it, and it's loving God with your mind. And there's no better exercise for my mind than to, when I look at the Word of God like it's a jungle gym or it is a fitness center, and every time I'm going through a Greek word or I'm looking at a Scripture in context or finding out or approaching that Scripture, it's like it on the treadmill or it's like lifting weights. What it does to your mind, it cleanses your mind, it purifies your mind, it makes your heart more thankful. As a Christian for over 25 years, I can say that there's nothing that quite replaces true study in the Word when you have those moments when you start studying God's Word for five minutes and you really lay into it, 
you get on a trail and you look up, it's been two and a half hours. Now, people say, well, I'm too busy for that. Well, listen, we all have time. It's just we make it for what we deem that's important. That's Chris Palmer. He's a, a podcaster, among other things, something called Greek for the Week. He's a pastor in the Michigan area. And if I remember correctly, and the book again is called Letters from Jesus, Studies from the Seven Churches of Revelation. So he was on with us yesterday. We had the recipe at the back end, the full podcast at WFIL.com. Uh, he also talked about commentaries when, when studying Scripture. I like commentaries, but I don't like them. I like them because, you know, they're technical, and there is really a lot of wonderful stuff in commentaries. But I don't like them because other people don't like them, and that's a problem because you know, successful writing means people are reading your stuff. And I think sometimes people, they get lost in commentaries. They said, okay, for this Greek for the Week book, my goal is going to be to take the, the wonderful stuff that commentators give us, that people, that uh, linguists give us, biblical linguists give us, and to carry that over without losing the meaning and to put it into a book that the mother at home who has three-year-olds running around and throwing toys at the wall could yeah. understand <laughs> Love the way he put that. Uh, Chris is a very easy guest to talk with. Again, the book Letters from Jesus. He was on with us yesterday. Full podcast at WFIL.com. Just to give you a heads up, we have a couple other authors we're looking forward to having on in the near future. One is a woman named Maria Furlow, and she has a book called Confident Moms, Confident Daughters, Helping Your Daughter Live Free from Insecurity and Love How She Looks. And we also have a gentleman named Jason Meyer who has a book out called Don't Lose Heart, Gospel Hope for the Discouraged Soul. And those are just a couple of our guests we're looking forward to having the next couple of uh, days and weeks. And uh, if you want to suggest an author or an athlete or a person you'd like to hear on the program, send a quick note. You can text 610-500-DOVE. You can email Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com. Podcast available at WFIL.com. And Danny, let's make a couple of gift card winners. Who do we got? All right. So we have Rochelle and Darnell. And I'm waiting that's on their cute. addresses. Okay, that's fine. So we can send over two gift cards to yeah. them. And you can be a winner in the future without having your name rhyme the previous winner. I know, it's very sweet. It just worked out that way. <laughs> Rochelle and Darnell, congratulations. Well, passing is now over to Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministries. He leads in prayer next. Have a great evening. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.